0: Hey there it's great to see you again. Um, Today I'm talking about how to bust your decision blocks and I think the reason that I really wanted to talk about decision blocks today is that when people start businesses and or when they're making changes to their well-being it's easy to feel overwhelmed and start procrastinating about the things that you have to do and often this is either because you're fearful or you just simply don't know what to do. So I want to help you to bust through your decision-making blocks and start taking action so that you can create the business or the life that you want and to do that in your way and on your terms. So the, the concept of decision blockers comes out of a book that I've been reading which is Lisa Sasevich's book called Meant for More. It's a really inspiring book and I highly recommend that you read it because it's just so clear and a great read. It very clearly explains the process of getting your mind in the right place and I'm really aligned with what Lisa says in that book. I think she says it so eloquently and I'd like to share some of the insights from that book in this episode around decision blockers. So Lisa talks about decision blockers as things that stop you from pursuing your dreams more specifically or that keep you stuck or the I'm not good enough or Cockies going past overhead, you might hear them. Uh, or I'm not in the perfect headspace, so I can't do anything. Any of those sorts of thoughts that are preventing you from taking actions and achieving what you wish for. And as Lisa says, all transformation is preceded by a decision. So just think about that for a moment. All transformation is preceded by a decision. And I can't think of how many times I've seen this in my own clients, people that come to me for weight loss or to reduce stress and start building resilience. When they finally get to a certain point of achieving what they want, they say, I just had to decide this particular thing. And even coming to me to get help in the first place, they would say something like, I just made a decision. I needed to do something. So, it's, it's clear how important that decision-making process is. And, of course, there are so many things that get in the way of us making decisions. So think about even just the daily and weekly decisions that we have to make in life or in a business. There are millions of little things that we have to decide and, and they're just as important as those bigger decisions that we need to make. Maybe you're trying to decide when to officially launch your, launch your business, Maybe you're trying to decide on a business name, and I talked about that in that last episode. Maybe you're trying to choose the colours for your business branding. Maybe you're trying to finalise a website. Maybe you're trying to decide which niche to look at or to experiment with. Maybe you're trying to decide which CRM to sign up for. Maybe you're trying to figure out whether you need a CRM or a certain email program or a financial package. Or in life, maybe you're trying to decide should you sign up for this gym or that exercise program or should you follow this diet or that diet? You know, those sorts of things are the things that come up, right? We have these decisions. Do I need a training course? Should I hire someone to help me? So maybe what you're wondering is, is this thing going to work for me? Can I commit to it? And this is really important in terms of the business. Can I commit to, can I decide to, step away from my job and start running a business. That's a huge decision. So there are those small decisions like what to eat for dinner and those really big ones. If you're feeling overwhelmed just thinking about all those decisions, I hear you, and that's exactly what happens to all of us. We reach decision fatigue by about lunchtime because we have so many decisions to make. So you can see how that sort of thinking isn't very helpful. Thinking about all those decisions that you need to make can stop you from taking in any action. But right now, I invite you to remember a time that you made a decision about something that you just decided you're going to do it. And remember how much clarity and confidence you gained just from making that decision and how much certainty you had about what you're going to do next. Even if the thing is a little bit scary, at least you're clear and confident that you're going to do it and what the next steps are. Just soak up that feeling for a moment. Maybe you decided that you were going to study a course. Maybe you decided that you're going to spend the next six months training for a marathon. Whatever it is, think about how you felt. After you made that decision, it's pretty powerful. Making decisions can unleash a whole world of opportunity. And we need to get to that place. That's what we're going to talk about today. I want you to think about what gets in the way of making decisions and how to get past them. And in talking about that, I'm going to talk about some common decision blockers that Lisa Sasevich and I have defined as things that are common for a lot of people. And so hopefully when you hear these things, it's going to help you to get through and get past these decision blockers so that you can take that action and make that transformation, whether it's training for a marathon or committing to building a business. The first point, and as Lisa says, stop trying to do enough research, or as I would say, just do just enough research. A lot of people like to do research before they make a decision. And that's a great way if you're fearful to put off making the decision, you keep doing the research, and then you never have to decide, right. So if you're researching all the time and never making decisions, it means that you're probably researching a little bit much. So while research is great, because it does help you to get clarity on the pros and cons of taking a particular path, too much is going to tip you into not making a decision or decision blocking, as Lisa would call it, or as you might call it, analysis paralysis, especially if you're a question, a tendency, or you lack self-confidence, you can get stuck there. So here are two things you can do. Lisa recommends that you tune into what you really want so sit with that for a moment and and let's say you're thinking about the, the decision of should you start a business sit with that should I start a business hear the answer that comes from within and take action this is not what's in your head it's not what's in your gut it's what's in your heart like listen to your heart is this what you really want So that's Lisa's tip. Tune into what you want, hear the answer and then take action. And my tip for you is do research, but put a time limit on it. A hard stop so that you contain it to equip equip yourself with just the right amount of essential information you need to make a decision. So that could be, I'm going to do five hours of research or I'm going to finish my research on the 31st of May. Make that hard stop, make that time limit and that will then make you mindful of how you're spending that time knowing that by this time or by this date, you will be equipped to make a decision. So those two things are going to help you with that research or which could even be study because a lot of people just keep studying and studying and studying, which also just simply stops you from ever taking action. The second thing to do is to stop seeking opinions. Now, we're not talking about market research, which is really important. You need to talk to the audience to find out what the need is and what the demand is, more importantly. But if you're constantly second-guessing what you're creating or wanting to put out there or wanting to sign up for Then you can easily ask other people about their experience and opinion, should I do this course, should I pursue this niche, but once again it's easy to go overboard with this. So this is can become another version of the research, just remember that people have different perspectives, but they also have different values to you, they have different goals to you and they have different resources. I remember riding my motorbike across the desert from Perth to Cairns through the middle of Australia and coming across a really difficult highway. It was a dirt highway and I was terrified because I'd never ridden a motorbike before. You might have heard me talk a bit about this story previously but it's relevant here again. We stopped in at a roadhouse and I said to this guy what's the road ahead like? And he said, oh, it's amazing. It's beautiful road. It's nice and hard. You'll get through it. No problems on that motorbike. You'll be fine. There's a tiny little pub in the middle of nowhere. And there was another guy there. And I went up to him and said, you've just come from there. What was the road like? And he said, oh, it's terrible. It's full of potholes. There's bulldust everywhere. You could easily put your front tire in one of those holes and go over the handlebars. This actually happened. I had this conversation with two people in the pub, both giving me opposite points of view on the road ahead where they had just come from. And so that really illustrates the fact that everybody has different values, beliefs, opinions and goals and research is valuable to a point. What I learned from those two opinions was that I would have to go into that journey being clear on what I wanted from it And that I needed to trust my own intuition. Because I'm going to get this broad spectrum of opinions. So once again, like doing research, I recommend that when you're seeking opinions or doing research with other people, as if you prefer to call it that, put a hard stop on the amount of opinions that you seek and Ask people who are wise and sound, people that have done it already. If you ask your friends and family, they might try and talk you out of it. I know that when I did that motorbike across Australia, everybody told me I was stupid, that I would kill myself, that I would never be able to do that sort of trip. They would laugh at me. So that would have been maybe 20 or 30 people before I did that motorbike trip gave me those opinions. And let me tell you, I stopped seeking opinions after that because all it did was cause me to doubt myself, but I really wanted to do that trip. And I was going with my boyfriend at the time who I knew was very competent and I trusted him. He did a lot of research into making that trip as safe as possible and doable as possible. So ultimately get those perspectives to either strengthen your own opinion or to reconsider it, but just don't go overboard. Here's an example in business. Let's say that you're thinking about getting a VA for your business and you aren't quite sure whether you want to spend the money or whether it'll be worth it. You can start asking other people what it's like to have a VA and what they recommend. But everybody out there will have a different type of virtual assistant and they'll be getting them to do different types of tasks. So they'll have totally different expectations as well of their virtual assistant compared to you. So unless you're speaking to someone who's very aligned in the quality of work and very similar in the types of tasks you would get that person to do, you're not comparing apples with apples. It's pretty hard to use their opinion as the basis of your decision making. Opinions can be handy, but they are subjective. So take them as information and not as gospel. You're the expert in your own life and only you know what you want and need and why and what your expectations are. It also goes the same for anything else, whether it's software. Which CRM should I use? Which mail program should I use? Which business training should I do? Take the free trials. Costs you nothing except a bit of time. Fiddle around with the program. Is it intuitive? Does it, is it easy to use? What are other people saying about it? Who are like you? Do what is right for you and take those opinions just as far as you need to make a good decision. So the third decision blocker is a lack of trust. And most commonly this comes up as a lack of trust in yourself. So I would say the third point to block decisions, to stop blocking decisions, is to trust yourself yourself. People are often researching and polling and getting opinions because they lack trust in themselves. They're fearful. What if I can't do it? What if I'm no good? Remember, you are your own best investment. And if you want to be trusted, respected and successful, then you need to invest in yourself. Start to trust yourself. Make your own decisions for your own reasons. Know that you will make mistakes along the way. You will, but they can then give you information to tweak and refine what you do in future to get the best outcomes. Nobody else is you. Only you are you. People are going to buy you, not the business training course that you've done or the person that you've copied their method from. You know, back yourself. Do things your way. And other people are going to back you too. I think this is such an important point. When you are confident in yourself and when you back yourself, it creates and projects a certain energy that other people latch onto and build trust around. So as you can see, to make decisions easier on yourself, you're going to need to pull back from a few things and to let go of trying to achieve too much. But really, this point is about tapping into your courage. Stop listening to what everybody else says and just trust yourself. Know that you can adjust as you go and learn. It takes courage to do certain things in life. And that's really what we're talking about here. The fourth thing that I want to talk about, and this doesn't come from Lisa's book, but I think it's a thing that is blocks decisions, is lack of a plan. I find the easiest way to make decisions is to make a plan. Every time you get decision fatigue and feel overwhelmed, you can get past that with a plan. And I have coached so many people in business around this. They come to me and they say, oh, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. And we talk about what's the end point or the end goal they'd like to get there. And then I'd say to them, well, what do you think the steps are to get there? As soon as those steps are mapped out, Decision fatigue is gone. Blocks have gone and they're ready to take action. It's so simple. Even if you plan to make a decision by a certain date, at least that's something. If you can't make a decision now or figure out what those steps are, at least saying, I will make that decision on Friday at five o'clock. At least that feels good, like you've taken some action. I mean, sure, take some time to do research, get opinions, but plan where and when you're going to do a trial. Plan what your next steps will be. If you're having trouble with something like, should I use this CRM or that CRM, set a date to make a decision and block out some tasks to trial three different softwares. And use that information to trust yourself and make your own decision. So that's an example of what I mean in terms of planning. And it's pulling together some of those other elements. You could do this for any area of your business or life. When you have your next action steps mapped out clearly, you will know exactly what to do and when. And that absolves all of those queries that are stopping you from taking action. You can ask for help too if you realise that there are things or steps that you don't know how to do. You can ask for help and even asking for help is a decision unblocker. So let's just summarise what we've discussed today. It's easy to feel overwhelmed by the need to make decisions and to become stuck in research and opinion seeking and not trusting yourself and, and just letting Life happened to you. But I guess the upshot of all of this is that you are the bus driver. You're the one in control of your future. And so I've discussed four ways to bust those common decision blockers, according to Lisa Sasevich and myself. Do just enough research, is the first. The second is to stop seeking opinions. Just get a few from a few really well-informed professional people and let it go. Trust yourself and make a plan. For this to work, you will then need to take action. So you might like to write out those four steps as a reminder of what to do and how to do them. And you might like to have a time slot, say, every Monday or every Friday to make a weekly plan for things that you have trouble deciding how, when or why to do. And you might also like to develop a bit of a decision matrix to help you to take action in the the moment. So if this, then that. There's, There's all sorts of things that you can do, but I think those four steps are really important to know. And if you start to take action, if you start to get rid of those decision blockers, You're going to create the success that you want in your business or your life. If you'd like help to start a business, remember to check out my free information session for the Passion to Profit program. Otherwise, I look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for being here and bye for now.